Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. Here at Yeah, That Soccer Show, we're always excited to tell you about our sponsors so that you can support them because they support us and we're able to bring you the shows thanks to all of their generosity. And that includes Brad Butchkowski of the Wonder Check Realty Group. You can find him on social media at Brad Butchkowski, B-U-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I, or I am Brad B on Twitter. Or you can check out his website, brad.selling-greenville.com. That's Brad Butchkowski with the Wonder Check Realty Group. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show, the completely unofficial podcast that talks all things Greenville FC, NPSL, and so much more. So come on, Greenville, this show is for you, it's about you, and we want this show to be driven by you. So email the show at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or slide into our DMs over at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in once again to episode 26 of Yeah, That Soccer Show, starting the episode just a little bit different today, as you may have noticed. The sounds you just heard were the sounds of the third and final and game-winning goal at home on Wednesday for Greenville FC versus Asheville City to clinch not only the Carolina Classico, to tie a bow on a great home season this year, and to project Greenville FC into the playoffs currently with our fate in our own hands. So I wanted you to hear that uh, that soundbite. I was actually trying to record some some little bites of the cheering and the crowd atmosphere to incorporate in the podcast. Happened to start recording with that We Love You chant and as... Greenville was making the counterattack run to score the game-winning goal, and it was just such cool audio. I had to include it here at the top of the show. Hey, welcome back. I know it's been a little bit of a break, and I apologize for that. Life has been crazy for me, um, and I've spent the last couple weeks working on TIFO designs for the epic TIFO that you saw unveiled on Wednesday night in the match against Asheville City. So today on the show, we're going to just very briefly talk about the two games we missed uh, recapping. We'll talk about the Asheville City win, and we'll look forward to the international match today and see what we need to do to make it into the playoffs this evening. 
So thanks again for joining us, and uh, let's jump in. So last time we talked, we had broken down the 1-0 victory on the road for Greenville FC versus Asheville City. Uh, and we talked about that the Milltown Operatives had also won the full point in the pregame festivities, putting them up ahead 2-0 in the Carolina Classico. So we will get to part two of that here in just a bit, but I wanted to talk about the two matchups that we missed recapping. We did preview a little bit the New Orleans matchup that happened on Wednesday, June 27th, when New Orleans came in to Eugene Stone Stadium to take on the boys in green and gold. Um, New Orleans score. We go to the half, and it's it's even at nil-nil. Nobody scored. Everybody's looking great. Greenville's looking very, very good. Um, New Orleans comes out and scores a goal early in the second half in the 48th minute. Mason Walsh puts one in, and it was really kind of an unlucky goal, but you still felt like Greenville dominated. I mean, absolutely dominated the first half. They were by far the better team. And even though they gave up that goal in early in the first or early in the second half, they still looked to be the dominant team for most of the second half. And it was really frustrating to be down a goal uh, most of the matchup. And then in the 81st minute, Garrett Bridgewater evens it up for Greenville, 1-1. You really feel... Like you should, you should win this game. You should, you should maybe be able to find another goal. But you know, at that point, you, you let them score early in the second half. Maybe you did, you came out of the locker room a little sluggish. Um, and I think you're happy taking a point uh, with the best team in the league between them and Chattanooga. But New Orleans has has really been one of the best teams in the league by far this season. We beat them on the road. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if you walk away from that matchup. With three points on the road against New Orleans, and then if you can if you can steal a point here when really you were the better team, that still feels you feel pretty good about that. And then just in an absolute heartbreaker there at the very end of the match, I even think it was maybe in stoppage time. Uh, the the NPSL site has it listed at the 90th minute, but I don't think they put anything beyond the 90th minute. I, I believe it was in stoppage time when Ollie Roberts just absolutely lasers the ball in and breaks the hearts of all of us in Greenville. You know, that was a matchup where standing in the stadium, it felt like that was going to be our first home win. Like I said, after halftime, you're you're tied 0-0, but it really feels like you're dominating the match. And then just to lose in that way uh, was absolutely, absolutely heartbreaking. Um but we had talked about it. We didn't have Manuel Manny Perez, uh, who has been a very great star here in the latter half of this season. He's really come on and been a solid performer for us. Um, in this game in particular, I'll tell you the guy that really, really impressed me, and that was Jack Hoey. And Jack Hoey has been very solid for this team all season. He's not somebody we've talked about a ton on the podcast. He was my man of the match for this matchup. Just I mean, he does so much in the midfield. I don't know if if you're not a, a former soccer player, which I'm not. I'm not a former soccer player. But maybe any, even if you're new to the sport, sometimes it's hard to recognize that, you know, the strikers get all the glory with the goals or, or the forwards. 
Um, the defenders really get no glory, even though they do a ton of work. And I've really fallen in love with with center backs as as a position. Goalkeepers get a lot of glory because they're making some big time saves. Midfielders can sometimes be overshadowed, especially if they're not like a, a central attacking midfielder, like a like a Clint Dempsey. Um, uh, but midfielders really do the bulk of the work on the soccer team. Not not to say they're more important or they do more work than anybody else, but you got to remember as a midfielder, you're, you're both defensive and offensive minded, and that's that's really a hard job. And so being a midfielder, I imagine, is a is a very difficult task and a very tall task. And Jack Hoey's been super solid for us as a staple in the midfield all season. And this match in particular, he he really – he was very offensive. I've seen him play very defensive in the past. This matchup, he was super offensive um, and really was driving a lot of our chances and, and honestly was seemed to be part of the reason we dominated so much in the first half. So Jack Hoey was the man of the match for the New Orleans matchup. Like I said, you feel – you feel bummed to to let a point slip away there and really even to let three points slip away there because that felt like maybe maybe one we could snag. And we had talked uh, on the last show, we, we'd kind of previewed what needed to happen for us to make a playoff run. And I said that I felt like that New Orleans matchup was kind of a kind of a toss-up game where I felt like we could steal some points. And really watching it, it felt like we should have stolen some points, maybe even three points, and we just let it slip. And that that feels like that has been something that has consistently happened with this team this year, that there are games when, especially at home, when we feel like we should get a point or three points and we either settle for the draw or we settle for the loss. I mean, obviously we don't settle for less. We just, we have our hearts ripped out. Um, So yeah, just really tough result there at home in the penultimate home game. Then you got to travel on the road to Chattanooga and it's a it's a tough place to play. I don't know if you watch the stream. I know some of, of our Milltown operatives folks actually went down to the game. Thirty five hundred people in the stadium. I mean, that's an insane number. If you came to Greenville's first home matchup that was packed, that was only twenty two hundred. So imagine another fifty percent on top of that, and that's what you have. And and if you saw the stream or if you were there, you recognize how wild the Chattahooligans are. I think they really set the benchmark for what the Milltown operatives hope to become. I think you saw a little bit of movement in that direction towards in the last home match, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But the Chattahooligans are relentless. They're relentless with the referees. They're relentless with the players. They really come on strong. And this matchup, I think they definitely had an effect, especially at the end of the game. So Chattanooga... Uh, scores in about midway through the first half in the 27th minute, 27th minute, Caleb Cole scores. Again, this is Paul Tyson still out at this point. Not to say Austin Mullins has not done a phenomenal job, um, but this, this matchup, it seemed like there was just some defensive breakdowns. It felt like we, I don't, and maybe it wasn't even defensive breakdowns because our defense looked pretty solid. It just, you know, when you're playing a team, the caliber of Chattanooga, it's hard to, it's hard to, keep them out of your own end for that long. Um, but Chattanooga seemed to really have possession on our side a lot. And we, so we gave up that goal there about halfway through the, the first half. You go into halftime just down one, which honestly kind of felt like a win. Um, watching the first half, Chattanooga felt like they really were dominating in a way that we were versus 
versus New Orleans. They obviously had the lead to take in, but you kind of felt like it could have been it could have been easily three nil at halftime. Um, that's really how how watching that first half felt. You come out in the second half, and then I mean, right at the beginning of the fir- of the second half, Jack Hoey knocks in a goal. Greenville, you feel good about it. You feel like, hey, maybe maybe we could steal a point here on the road because we've we've held up defensively. We've looked really solid. If we can now just kind of lock it down and keep this scoreline at 1-1, maybe this could be a game where we get a point and help out our playoff chances. And then literally not not a minute later, Chattanooga with the heartbreaking goal to put themselves back ahead. And then from there, the game unravels a bit. Uh, it, it will end up being 2-1, but you feel like in that latter part of the game, Greenville had some chances for sure, but Chattanooga definitely had decided, you know what, enough playing around. Let's just lock this down. Let's take our three points at home and head into the playoffs. A little bit chippy there at the end. You're in stoppage time. The ball goes out of bounds. A bench player for Chattanooga seems to be playing games with the ball, and our man Ishmael Newman-Sana doesn't take too kindly to it, pushes the man, definitely worthy of a red card. I will say that without a doubt. However, I don't think just just watching it, it didn't seem like the ref, the head official was going to give a card at all. He signaled for the ball to be taken even after the push. You know, kind of separated people, signaled for the throw in to be taken, and only after thirty five hundred people are chanting "red card, red card, red card," he pulls Ishmael over. He seems a little hesitant, and then out comes a red card. We lose Ishmael for the Asheville game, and you, you know, you feel you feel a little trepidation there because he's really the the last couple weeks as he's been a part of this team he really has helped us us in finishing opportunities he's helped us in in creating opportunities so you definitely didn't want to lose him for a, a game that meant as much as this second part of the Carolina Classico did but nevertheless I feel like it was deserved so you know you can't you can't hate on it um so that is where we stood coming into Wednesday. We were looking at a situation with Asheville where if we drew or lost, we were out of the playoffs. We had to win on Wednesday night in order to have a chance to be in the playoff picture. And how did that all go? Well, we will talk about it right after the break. Here at Yeah That Soccer Show, we're excited to continue our partnership with Uptown Poor, part of the Uptown Company, along with their sister organization, Uptown Catering. Hey, if you are looking for food or beverage catering for your next event or party, make sure you go check them out. You can go to UptownPoorCo.com, or if you want to see and visualize what you're going to get for your money, go over to Instagram and follow them at The Uptown Company. You can see all of the great things they have on offer. Thanks again to Uptown Poor for sponsoring, yeah, that soccer show. Now let's look at the big win that Greenville FC had over Asheville City 3-2 on Wednesday, July 4th to capture the Carolina Classico. The Milltown Operatives once again took the full point in the tailgate which means the final score for the Carolina Classico was 6-2 to two in favor of Greenville. 
Big time win in that respect. Um, wound up taking all six points between the two matches uh, in terms of league points. And like I said before the break, this was a critical game for us because we were three points behind Greenville. Sorry, three points behind Asheville in the league standings. And if we would have split this, we would have really been in trouble uh, in terms of even having a hope to make the playoffs. We really desperately needed this win. A loss would have knocked us out. A draw would have kept our hopes just barely alive, but a win was really going to put us in good position. And man, was it an amazing time. I will just say this. If you haven't read the article that I wrote at Soccer and Sweet Tea breaking down this game, I encourage you to go uh, check that out because I really took kind of a, a thousand foot view. I didn't break down necessarily. I wasn't as, as focused on breaking down the, the game itself, but really what the game meant outside of just being a victory. We, we talked about the tailgate. We talked about the TIFO. We talked about the, the first home win, the hope for so much more that was going to happen here as a result of this game. And then there's a great little story in the article about my guy Malcolm Frago showing up to the game and just a, a little conversation we had and kind of my my wrapping up of what lower division soccer and in particular this Greenville team has become to me in particular but I think to all of us as fans so I encourage you to go over to Soccer and Sweet Tea check that article out it's you know it'll take you five minutes to read it's really not that big of a deal but it is I think if you if you've been following this team this season. Uh, you'll really appreciate the the sentiment and and the connection to this team and this game. So the the oh I'm sorry I didn't tell you the player of the matchup for the Chattanooga game I forgot I neglected to do that. So our player of the matchup for Chattanooga was Toby Sims. Again he has he has been a player of the match for us before, um, but really this matchup he. Like I said, the defense really was the reason that kept that game from getting way out of control. And Toby has been such a solid piece there on the back line. So Toby was your man in the match for Chattanooga. Now, getting into Asheville City and what happened in this game, this was really a back-and-forth game by every definition. Greenville, you get excited, you get on the board early. Lewis Norvak knocks one in in the 12th minute, a header off of a cross that was, I mean, honestly, beautiful. It was a beautiful goal. Um, and then in the 35th minute, Asheville city evens it up. Tom Dealey with the score there shortly after, you, you know, when you get a score that late in the half, you kind of feel like, okay, well we had the lead and now we're going to go in the half locked in at one, one, but luckily for us, our man, Jesus Abara, who, man, if you have not seen this guy play, he, he has kind of come on here later in the season with us, but. He is he is something special on the ball. He reminds me early in the season we talked about Malcolm Frago and his movement on the ball, and he he certainly impressed this year too. And Jesus Abar is every bit as good as Frago is. He he possesses the ball and does things to move the ball around defenders that he's <laughs> as our as our friend Tim Tim Blakicki, who we interviewed from the Asheville City. Podcast. He told me he said he said Abara needs to go far, far away from this league because he sliced up Asheville City. I mean, he is he's really phenomenal. He is a phenomenal player, and I would not be surprised to see him playing uh, in, in very, very 
higher leagues in the NPSL in the near future. I could see him even in major league soccer. I mean, I really think he is that good. Um, but in the 39th minute, he finally connects and puts us back on top two, one going into half. So you feel good about it. You got the lead. You haven't trailed in this matchup yet. Uh, you come out of halftime break and I mean, nearly immediately Asheville city drives down and scores a goal on kind of a, a, a big amoeba of players in front of the goal. They knock one in Luke Matthews in the 47th minute. So it's tied there for a little bit. But again, this is a game where Greenville feels like it, it feels like we've got this one. You're hoping this is your your first home victory. You need these points. And in the 56th minute, you heard it at the top of the show today. The crowd is cheering. The atmosphere is electric. You kind of feel like we can will this team to victory. Greenville has a counterattack that starts all the way on Asheville's side or on, on our side, on Greenville's side and moves it all the way down the field, delicately cutting up the Asheville defense and James Smith in the 56 minute puts us ahead game winning goal three to two Greenville wins the Carolina Classico. They win this match first home victory pre- propels us into a playoff spot for the first time all season. We have been in the seventh or eighth position all season in the NPSL Southeast. And for the first time all year, we're in a playoff spot and it feels so good to have our fate in our own hands to control our own destiny tonight as we travel to Nashville to take on inter Nashville. Now let me tell you where we sit in terms of playoff situations going into today. We, Greenville, are currently at 15 points. We're in sixth place. Asheville City is currently at 15 points in seventh, so we beat them on head-to-head. We beat them in two matchups. So as long as we finish equal to them on points, we will have the advantage over them. Emerald Force sits at 12 points in eighth place, so they, in theory, could jump us because they actually own the head-to-head with us by a wide margin now their their point differential is trash but i don't you know i I would hate to see them jump us because of head-to-head stuff on points inter nashville sits in fifth place at 17 points and the georgia revolution sit in fourth place at 18 points so all those teams are vying for well i think I think only Inter Nashville, I think Atlanta or Georgia has clinched a playoff spot at least. But International, Greenville, Asheville City, Emerald Force. So International on 17, Greenville at 15, Asheville at 15, Emerald Force at 12. Four teams competing for two playoff positions. Here is how they need to perform on Saturday in order to get in. International is playing Greenville. So the two of us are playing. If International wins, they're in. If they draw, they're in. If Asheville City draws or loses, they're in. The only thing that could knock Nashville out is to lose to Greenville and then have Asheville win. That would put Greenville and Asheville both in the playoffs. Greenville. In order for us to make the playoffs... Well, you know what? I'm going to save that. How about that? Asheville City is traveling to New Orleans to play the New Orleans Jesters, the hardest place to win 
in the NPSL. The only team to win there in the last three years is your Greenville FC green and gold boys. Asheville City, in order to make the playoffs, they need to win or they need to draw and have Greenville lose. So if Asheville City wins, they... I don't think that that's right. That is what this NPSL Southeast is saying. But if like if Asheville wins, yeah, I guess they would because if they win and we win, then they're both then we're both in. And if they win and we lose or draw, then they then they're in. So if they win, they're in. If they draw and we lose, then they would get an, a point above us and we would be out and they would be in. So that is Asheville City scenario. Emerald Force has a long way to go. Emerald Force has to win and needs both Greenville and Asheville to lose. And that's not beyond the realm of possibility, but that is pretty much, that is a pretty far stretch to assume that's going to happen. So what does Greenville need to do to guarantee our spot in the playoffs? Well, we could win. If we win, we're in. Easy peasy. If we draw and Asheville does not win, we're in. So if we draw and Asheville either draws or loses, we're in. If we have an equal to or better than result than Asheville, we're in good shape. If we lose and Asheville loses and Emerald Force either draws or loses, we're in. So we have a, a better road than Asheville or Emerald Force, but you know we, we still have the opportunity to not be there. Here is the thing that's going well for us. We are playing international, so we are the sixth place team playing the fifth place team at their at their place. So that's you know we can we can potentially pick up a point or win there, but really that is uh, you know let's assume that it's harder to win on the road. Let's say we don't win. Asheville City in seventh place is playing the second place New Orleans Jesters, so they have a much tougher road to hoe in that situation. Emerald force is playing on the road at Atlanta, the third place team. So we actually have the, the, the best chances in terms of uh, rank to rank upsets in that situation. So I really feel good about our chances. You know, all these games are going to be, those three games are all going to be kind of kicking off at the same time on Saturday night. So it's going to be interesting to keep an eye around the league and, and know what the situations are uh, at halftime and get, as we get close to the ends of the games, knowing what we need to do in order to get into the playoffs. Currently, Greenville would travel to Atlanta for the first playoff game if things finished as they stand now. I did see somebody had posted on the, the Milltown Operas page that Greenville had a chance to host a playoff match, and that is just not the case, unfortunately. I wish it was. I think the theory was we could uh, we could potentially get to 18 points and get to that fourth place spot, but Georgia Revolution currently sits at 18, so we would have to go head-to-head with them, and we drew them at home, and we lost to them in our first every matchup on the road. So we unfortunately could not jump Georgia revolution in that case. So we are going to be traveling on the road for the playoffs if we're in, and that's fine. And especially if we can go somewhere like Atlanta or Georgia, that's close by, you know, hopefully we could take some fans out to those matchups. So hopefully we are talking about a, a, a road trip next week to 
cheer on our boys in the playoffs. Hey, we said at the beginning of the season, this was our goal to get in the playoffs. And now we have it in our grip. We can pull this off. So what is this matchup versus international going to look like? Well, let me remind you a little bit. This was, we played international at the very beginning of the season. They were our very first home game at Eugene stone stadium. Uh, the second game we'd ever played. We went ahead in the seventh minute when Malcolm Frego scored. And, you know, so we, we started the game hot. They had two very quick goals right after that in the ninth minute and the 12th minute. And then that was all the scoring for the game. So after, after the 12th minute, there was no scoring and it was a very even matchup. This was the game where we had the guy from Nashville look like he stomped on our player at the end there and didn't get a card or any kind of foul or anything called on him. Um, so that was a chippy, chippy game there. Just, you know, just wanted to, just wanted to, uh, remind you of that, um, Things have looked different since then for both of these teams. Greenville has gained some new faces, uh, a lot of new players at that game. At that point in the second game of the season, we still had a lot of guys that play for us now that weren't cleared by the league. So we've gained some very good pieces for us. And we've also lost a few players. We've lost uh, Lee Wadham has had to go back to school. We've lost Malcolm Frago to the Costa Rican national team, which is something I will do every day. I will send players to the national team and, and lose them from our team. That's just such an honor and an amazing, amazing highlight to this team to, to do that. International looks a little different too. And this is something that, that concerns me a little bit, not just for this game, but really just as a trend in general. Um, Internashville, as you know, is an NPSL team in Nashville. There is another team in Nashville that is a USL team called Nashville SC. They are actually going to be an MLS team next year. Well, Nashville SC has been in the habit of loaning players to Internashville this season. So USL level players playing on an NPSL level, obviously that is, it, there's nothing against the rules about it, but it is, you know, a, certainly a competitive advantage for international. And being that this game is at home, I feel like there's a higher likelihood that that could happen. I've also been told that international's field is less than desirable to play on. I imagine it'll be very similar to the situation down in Atlanta at Silverbacks Park. But here's some things to, to note for international. They have uh, a lot of guys get cards. Um, they've had three red cards on the season. They've had a ton of yellow cards. And like almost, I mean, nearly everyone on their roster has gotten a yellow card. Also, a lot of people, a lot of different names have scored goals for them. So, you know, they, they can score from anywhere. They can foul from anywhere. But this is something I found very interesting when I was going through their wins and losses. So they are currently at five, two, and six, five wins, uh, two draws, and six losses. That's really weird. Normally that should be five, six, two. For some reason on the uh, league table that this NPSL Southeast site has, they have it written wins, draws, losses. That's very bizarre. So they have five wins. They won on the road at Greenville, on the road at Emerald Force, on the road at the Georgia Revolution. They won at home against Emerald Force and against Asheville City. Their draws are were on the road at Atlanta and on the road at New Orleans. Their losses on the road at Asheville City and on the road at Chattanooga. And then the rest of their losses all came at home. So at home, they are only two and four, two wins and four losses. So they lost at home to Georgia Revolution, New Orleans Jesters, 
Chattanooga FC and Atlanta Silverbacks. Those are all very good teams, but I do find it interesting that they they are a better road team than they are a home team. So I feel like that uh, may play into our advantage, may play into our hand a little bit in this matchup. Um, but look, here's the deal: this is a game we got to win. Uh, we don't. Ha- I say we have to win. We don't have to win, but we have to win knowing that this is in our control. And if we want to have a say in getting into the playoffs, then we got to win. That's that's all there is to it. So. Uh, I'm going to be tuning in with you all. Hopefully this game is streamed. I have not been able to find out where they stream their matches yet. Uh, I I don't know if I can take another Emerald Force situation for a game this important at the end of the season. I'm going to need to see this game. <laughs> so uh, if I find out, I will try to tweet it out. Uh, I'm sure the Greenville FC account will also be tweeting it out. So make sure you pay attention to that. Um, but the game is tonight at seven o'clock, um, and we will be on the road at international with a playoff berth on the line, depending the result of our games and other games around the league. I will try to do a pregame show on Periscope slash Twitter. You can go follow the account, uh, the, yeah, that soccer show account on Twitter, and it'll pop up there on Twitter. Or if you're on Periscope, go find us on Periscope. I think it's the same name. I think it's at YTSS podcast. Um, and then I'll do one at halftime and maybe at halftime we might, uh, we might have some fun and see if we want to, uh, keep it rolling through the second half and just have, have fan interaction for the second half. But, uh, we'll just play that by ear. We'll see how many people are tuned in, but make sure you tune in, um, for the pregame and halftime shows. And we will hopefully be breaking down a Greenville win or, or a, a favorable result and previewing our first ever playoff match come tomorrow. Hey, thanks for tuning in once again, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Hey, uh, one other quick announcement. Uh, Got some potential leads on maybe some more soccer coverage coming this fall. I'm thinking about maybe trying to cover the Furman men's and women's soccer teams and the Clemson men's and women's soccer teams. So if that's something that interests you, hey, let me know on Twitter. Say we'd love to hear more soccer coverage of soccer in Greenville. Um, I'm efforting on that. And if you haven't seen Furman has like an amazing deal going there, they're really trying to push the Greenville FC fans who have been at Eugene stone stadium all season, $30, dollars $30, for season tickets to Furman men and women, all the games. And I think it's the first hundred people who buy their season tickets, get a really sweet looking purple, uh, Furman soccer scarf. So if that's something you're interested in doing, I would say go find on Twitter. I think it's Furman Marketing is is the name of the account. But they tweeted it out and tagged Greenville FC and Milltown Operatives. I think the Milltown Operatives retweeted it, and Greenville FC maybe has even retweeted it. So make sure you go find that. Um, that is a that is a phenomenal – even if you don't go to all the games, even if you go a handful of games, 30 bucks for some soccer games, that is amazing. Uh, and a scarf. I mean, honestly, $30 for the scarf alone is probably worth it. So – um, so yeah, go find that. That is a very, very good deal and we may be covering it. So it might be something worth your time and effort and money. Hey, thanks for tuning in once again, and we will talk to you again soon.